to the Forerunners Podcast. You're listening to part three of our interview with Scott Ward. This also happens to be the season finale of season two. I'll start out real quick just by saying thank you guys for tuning in this whole entire year and at the back half of the year, this whole entire season. Um, I also just want to say before I get into the interview that Scott Ward is one of my favorite people. It just seems like he has a million different ways to encourage the people around him. And he's always doing it. If you've ever met Scott Ward, you probably have been encouraged by him. One of the things I noticed throughout this whole time of our interview is how many people's names he remembered from back in the day when he was a little tiny kid all the way to now. He just seems to remember everyone he meets. And if you've ever met him, you've probably experienced this too. The following episode is all about Scott and the ways he encourages people because I think it's something that we can all learn from. So enjoy. We are back with our third episode featuring Scott Ward. This is the season two season finale. No pressure. No pressure. I hope it's okay. I hope it's not bad. Oh, but hey, I mean, I'm not going to be bad. Are you going to be bad? I'm not. All right, we're all right. Classic Scott Ward quote, don't F it up. (laughs) Now, Scott, you are one of the only people that I know that can... At least appreciate pro wrestling, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, if if people see my stages set uh, stories, or some every once in a while it's a full-blown post, they see my pop figures. And I got on, I've got i had Andre the Giant for months and months now. And now, today, I've added Hulk Hogan. Right. These are gifts from Scott Ward because he can appreciate the violent theater that is pro wrestling especially the nostalgia factor yeah. man like the 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 heyday of the theater right mm-hmm. before you knew when you questioned is this is fake? this real <laughs> yeah this isn't fake and my dad would yell at the te- television turn around ref you know my my parents god rest their souls but my dad would always tell this story that Ric Flair came in my the grocery store that my mom was working at and hit on her. Really? Yeah. My mom said it's not true, but I think it is. <laughs> um, that he also said they would go to live wrestling shows, yeah. like NWA stuff, and that they would be cheering and stuff, and somebody would do some heel move, some bad guy move yeah. for people who don't watch wrestling. And he'd look to his right where my mom was, and she'd be gone. And he tells a story that a cop had to bring her back to the seat because she tried to get in the ring. No, I don't know if that's but true. Listen. My mom is my mom was violent, and we our family we display love through violence. Right. In a I've, kind of a, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. It's been I've, passed yeah. down. So I've seen Annalisa must love you a lot. Yeah, the bruises yeah. tell. The right. bruises tell. No, but listen, that 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 old time wrestling, the crowd was they get they get worked into a frenzy, mm-hmm. right? And then they're so invested in their guy. Mm-hmm. I think that that's how you knew you had a good heel if he could get the crowd like 
frothy. Oh, yeah. You know? If they weren't throwing things in the ring or trying to kill him, yeah, it's, I mean, oh, it's... if you're supposed to play a heel, you're like, you thrive off the booze. Yeah. People don't understand that. They're like, these people are getting booed. They don't want to get booed, but they do. Right. They're doing their That's job. That's how good they are. Yeah. yeah. So, but in my life, I feel like there's certain roles that I play that I like to be a heel in. I like to talk a lot of trash. Yeah. I like to act way overconfident. Right. Then, like, these I are all heel. I can relate. These are all, <laughs> these are all heel, heel moves that make my life more enjoyable. Right. You know? Um, so... I don't know. I just wanted to throw it out there that I appreciate that you can appreciate it. Yeah. Because not think, many people can. I think, you know, so growing up, um, my dad watched wrestling. And that got me invested in wrestling. And, and as a child of the, of the 80s, that's really when wrestling, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch the history of it, and I won't bore your, your audience with the history of wrestling, but... If you watch the history of it, that's really when it became a national thing and it was nationally televised. And you had larger than life people like Andre the Giant that were there and Hulk Hogan and, mm-hmm. and those types of things. And so it was um, it was instrumental in my upbringing, you know? Like, I think even now, I you know, I'll message you or whatever about stupid wrestling that happens just now, which is horrible. But, <laughs> but you know, it's still part... It's still like it's still part of me for whatever reason. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's something my whole family can enjoy. My Piper is very upset that they're fighting, but they're really friends. She thinks they should really be fighting. And when <laughs> I, oh yeah, she out of all three of us, yeah. my daughter, my thirteen-year-old daughter, doesn't like it the most. It's interesting because that also similar to like NBA basketball in the eighties, right? Those guys. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird hated each other. Yeah. They would never be seen like yeah. talking to each other in the off season. In today's NBA, it's e- they go over and hug and bro it out and do all that kind of good stuff and whatever. And I'll be at your place and post on stuff on Instagram. Th- that and again, the nostalgia of wrestling. You never knew that Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan were friends. Yeah. Well, you would have never fathomed that. You would have yeah. told somebody they were a bold-faced liar. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, the, you just you have a peek behind the curtain, yeah. right? And I think anytime you, on anything you have a peek behind the curtain, it loses that magic. Yeah. So. I just one of the things I enjoy about it is that they can make things look painful, like they're hurting each other, but they're really taking care of each other in the ring. Yeah. Like that's what professional wrestling is. Is taking care of each other right making sure you don't get hurt yeah yeah exactly now let me let me have a moment of honesty with you i didn't know what scott ward run club was and i did think it was odd that you would put your face on things and i remember our mutual friend rachel was over for the foreigners interview just like we're having now and i'm not doing handstands <laughs> or cartwheels. No cartwheels yeah no cartwheels and after we got off the after we got off the air i brought it up i was like what is it that i mean what is it about scott ward because people like wear his face like proudly and uh she had a moment with me it was very touching and tender moment where she kind of said 
the gist of it was when you have experienced what it's like to be encouraged by Scott Ward, you'll proudly wear his face. That's what she said. That's nice. And uh, she just said, when Scott supports you, you feel like he's your number one supporter. And I, I have to say that I feel like, I feel like I've discovered that the truth of that. And that's kind of what this episode is going to be about. Is um, we're not talking about wrestling. Uh, no, that was just a, that was just a softball. That was just a softball. All right, fair enough. I want to talk about encouragement yeah. because um, I'll tell you this: I I won't ever run like you. I won't ever be that fast. But I'll tell you the truth is when it comes to encouragement and building up the running community, I want to be like you. I appreciate you know, and I think. I think most people should be inspired by you in the way that you, you know, bolster a community like our running community. And uh, I just want to talk about some of these ways because I feel like we can learn from from you when it comes to encouraging. Why, how do you think encouragement, I think encouragement's the best, encouragement and support is the best way to describe it. When did that become important to you? Why is it like a core value to you? Um, that's a good question. I think the reason that it's important to me is because it's something that I appreciate, right? So um, I try and be genuine. Uh, I try and be invested in... So the thing, the thing for me is... I try and narrow it down to to a group, a smaller group that I can be invested in because it's work, right? So it's it's time consuming to check in to see how your run's doing, to message you, to see how you're feeling, to, to call you or to Marco Polo you or to FaceTime you or whatever it is, right? It's very easy to hit like on Instagram or on Strava and move along. But if I'm invested in you, um, I'm going to take a deeper dive, right? Yeah. I'm going to see what's your heart rate, what's your pace, how far did you go, what's it, you, what's it compared to what your plan was, or, or right? And then I'm going to reach out to you and say, how do you feel? I will tell you this. My friend Sham ran a PR for... I think the half marathon distance doesn't matter right whatever and it could be anybody but it, it was sham just so you know <laughs> but but sham called me and he was pretty happy about it i mean you're excited when you have a pr right like that's a big moment and i celebrated with him and i told him good job and and towards the end of the conversation i said do you think he could have done better? Mm-hmm. And he was like, what kind of question is I just PR'd? I said, but, bro, like, that's not, you've got more to give, right? And I know this because I'm paying attention. It kind of goes back to that meat statement that you had. I pay attention. I'm invested. I'm listening. I'm watching, right? And when you're telling me 
hey, this is what I want to do, and you're being sincere about it, and you're respecting the process, right? You're putting the work in. Danny, when you're running a half marathon at First Landing State Park by yourself to put the work in, I respect that process, right? And I want to be invested in your your result. I want to celebrate you. And for me, that it brings it brings me joy to see you be successful. Mm-hmm. It brings me joy because because you realize your goals. You experience some of those things that I've been able to experience. You know, there's only one winner in a race. Why did why do we have thousands of people racing? There's mm-hmm. only one person that can win. Yeah. But but 30,000 people go to New York or to Boston, right? Like, hey, I'm never going to be Des Linden or, or Kipchoge or Meb, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to toe the line. And so sharing in that and seeing the joy that it can bring you in something that I'm so passionate about really fills my heart. Yeah. And that's why I do it. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that... If people are faithful listeners to Forerunners Podcast, I don't know if you've gathered this or not, but faithful listeners might have gathered this, and if they haven't, then they'll recognize the truth of it in this moment. And that's that nobody has been mentioned by other guests more than you. When the when the podcast came on when I when we first started when I first started sitting sitting down with people just face to face with people, I was like crap. Everybody is talking about Scott Ward. Like everybody is saying his name, and it if you go back and listen, especially the first first season, people were saying things about you, where you were pivotal at some point in their running career. And I thought that was interesting. But I'm going to jump ahead in in my list of talking points here because I think you brought it up. When you talked to Sham and said, hey, could you maybe like do a little better next time? Right. There's been multiple stories that I've heard of you. um, Because encouragement isn't just being like, hey, man, good job, like rainbows and butterflies. Encouragement is also challenging people to step into their potential. And I feel like I've heard several stories um, from Drew, from Rachel, uh, of you doing that. Why do you think that's important? Uh, Of saying, hey, you're doing good, but you could be doing better. So I think there's just a little bit of um, accountability, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, so, you know, I think about... Uh, the I think about Rachel's podcast or the conversations that maybe that we've shared or um, I've shared with her or you've shared with her and, and about how the first time I went to Rachel right the first time I went to Rachel and and I know Rachel at this point but I don't know Rachel right like we know each other because of of the community and I sat down and I think I said you know, I, Danny, I do a good job of putting my foot in my mouth, let's be honest. But but I think I said to her, you used to be fast, what happened? Right? Something along that lines. And I did her a disservice in saying that because what I should have said is, why'd you stop racing? Right? 
but I didn't. I just, you know, said, hey, you used to be fast, now you're not. What's your story? Um, and it really is like having that accountability. If you say, hey, this is what you want to do, and like I say, um, you're honest about it, you're, the sincerity is there, then I want to help you achieve your goal. And one of the things that Drew said, I, I struggled personally with Boston because I felt like, I felt like when I had to come apart, people were watching, right? Because you could track people. Mm -hmm. I felt a lot of pressure on that. And I felt like I let people down. I let critics have an opportunity to say, you know, things. And, and, uh, and when I talked to Drew, he, he said, hey, I want people to watch. And I filed that in my little brain. And when Drew went to Missoula to run his marathon, I brought it out. I said, awesome. Here's how you track Drew. Here's t-shirts. Here's a flag. Here's big heads, right? Bro, Here, the pressure is on because you said you wanted the pressure. And so, um, you know, I just feel like sometimes in our environment, like, God bless Annalisa, because she probably listens to you talk nonstop about running, right? And she pushes you out the door and she's supportive the same way Kat is for me. But at some point, you maybe need somebody else that can be invested with you. And I feel like on people that respect the process, that are trying to achieve big things, that let me in, bro, I'm in. Two feet, let's go. I'll call and ask you why you didn't run, right? I'll help you develop a, a run plan. Um, I'll celebrate the successes. We'll talk about failures, right? I'll tell you, not everybody is excited to hear what Scott Ward has to say on the podcast and in real life, right? <laughs> I've shared, people have asked me, and I've shared, hey, this is what I think is wrong. And some people don't want to hear it, right? And that's okay. But the people that say, how can I get better? And I give you my uneducated opinion on running. And I say, hey, I think if you do this or that, and we have some successes, then, you know, we can be invested together. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting stuff. Some of the other stories that were told, <laughs> and, uh, well, now, I'll share a personal story real quick. It's when the pandemic happened, you kind of watched me flounder, like, pretty badly. Like, I was walk, I quit runs, walk home. I think I've shared it on the podcast a number of times. But I remember it was when I, the day I discovered that virtual races aren't for me was right. that 5K that, that um, the Striders put on. It was kind of like a new thing, the virtual thing. And it was like, when you do a virtual run, you just go out by yourself and try to do your best. Right. And I went out and I ran a mile and I was like, nah, bro, I ain't going to run 5K by myself. <laughs> and I walked right in the house and posted on the, I posted on travel. I was like, I quit this thing right in the middle. I ain't running 5K by myself. And I remember you, I can't remember whether you called me or texted me. You said, man, you can do that, dude. Give it another shot. Go out and just, just do it. And, uh. I did, and I did a damn good job. 
I remember I you you yeah. you kind of surprised yourself. Yeah, I didn't PR. Right. But I did a great job. Right. Especially after what I ate. You right. You came back and ate like yeah, a burger dirty, or something. No, it was oh, dirty, dirty buffalo, buffalo, like fifteen wings, bro. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I ate the dirt. I'm. This is no. This is not a, a joke. I was already in my running clothes from having given up. Annalise and I went and picked up dirty buffalo. I sat right there on that couch and ate ten to fifteen wings, and got up, licked my fingers. And walked out that door and started my watch and ran that 5K. That's awesome. And it was around an 8, I think it was around an 8-minute yeah, pace. Yeah, I, I mean, remember. You were I happy did, with it anyway. Yes. Yeah. I did realize that it's not for me. It's very difficult yeah. to run in a, in a virtual environment. Yes. Yeah. So, but with that being said, I experience virtually what many people experience in real life. And that is kind of a mid-race Scott Ward pep talk. Right. I remember one of the best stories that Jill told was just, you know, her recent 50K that had just happened just a, a month, probably a month or so before before me and her sat down, because she was my second guest, I believe. She said, you know, she was having like the worst race, and she couldn't figure it out, and she saw you, and you guys had a conversation. She didn't even talk about what you you said to her, but she said that was what she needed, and she pulled herself up, up by her bootstraps and went on ahead and did a great job. And I think I recall a couple other people telling me a story about a mid-race Scott Ward pep talk. Now, I want to talk about not only a pep talk like that, because I don't think those happen that often during a race. Right. But I do know for a fact that when you come to cheer for somebody, it is special. Um, Let's talk about supporting people during races and why why it's important to you, what you'd like to do, things like that. Well, I think it's important to I think it's important to have somebody believe in you, right? And I think that that's what you felt that day. Yeah. Is that hey, Scott believes in me. Right? Yeah. Even though I quit on myself, somebody believes that I can do it. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that was um the Seashore 50k and Jill had a Jill had a tough go, right? And I happened to randomly, I just parked myself in this spot and we had just a heart to heart. And I believe in Jill. She does a lot of amazing stuff. Her 100 miler where things didn't go to plan and and she powered through, amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was blown away. So, but sometimes you get to a point where you just don't believe in yourself self-doubt creeps in and that's the killer that's why i don't look at my watch right because that's the first that's the creak in the door and when you open that door everything comes rushing yeah yeah um and so you know i again i feel like there's some things that when you when i wasn't running i was still going to races to cheer because there's not a Listen, at some of the races, there's, I mean, there's not a lot of cheer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, people certainly aren't hiking into the middle of the race. Um, you know, I've, I've rented a bicycle and, and driven all over, uh, all over Philadelphia, you know, um, chasing. And, and the reality is, what I look at it is from my perspective... If I was running this race, where do I need help? Yeah. Right? And sometimes it's not uh, sometimes it's not the big cheer section, 
right? Like, so think about, think about Harbor, right? And North End does a big cheer section. Um, November Project does another big cheer section. And I think, and they're, they were, I think there are different, different sections. Well, you get a, you get a good, a good rise from that. Oh yeah. Right? You go through a cheer section where people are dressed in onesies and, you know, doing crazy stuff and high-fiving, um, that lifts you up. But it only carries you so far, right? And so I would, I try and stick myself, excuse me, someplace where, where doubt's knocking at the door. Yeah. Right? Because when you come to me, Jenny Moran will tell you, I'm the loudest person on the race course. Listen, before you see me, you hear me, yeah. right? And I am yelling at you. I don't cheer, Danny. It is not It is not necessarily a, hey, you're doing a good job. It is, get your ass up here. Let's do this. It's instructive. Um, it's constructive. I will tell people all the time how far somebody is in front of them. It would do absolutely no good for Mike Cap to he doesn't care, right? So Mike, I will never tell you that. But but for other people, those are things that I want. Hey, how far is the person in front of me? How much do I have to go? What place am I in? How do I look? Remind me to relax my face, right? Mm-hmm. It's the dumbest thing, but when you get tight, you get really tight in your face, and if mm-hmm. you relax your face or you shake your arms out, Right? Those are just little things sometimes you just need reminded. And so I will put myself someplace where I think, hey, this is a tough spot. Right? Either before or after one of those big things where the letdown comes in and that, you know, and that and that self-doubt creeps in. And then, man, I yell at you. I think that I think that Rachel used to say that like I violently encourage you. I can't remember if that's exactly what she said, but it's something along that lines. It's like it's an in- aggressive, you know. Like I like to say, nobody cheers like like nobody cheers like Scott Ward cheers. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into a little bit of the other ways you encourage people. Um, you kind of hit on this, I believe it was. It was so long ago, the first episode. <laughs> I can't remember. That was like it. days ago now, right? It was, it was at least two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, but for us, it was just an hour or two ago. But I think you talked about it in the first... It was the first episode. You, you kind of hit on using, using Strava to encourage. Like That's kind of a way that you cast a broad net right. to use encouragement. Because you don't just... You don't, Often you don't just throw a like out or a kudos out there. You you throw an encouraging word. So I think that's something we could all learn from. You know, mention something to somebody about a run or or something like that on Strava. I think that's something awesome that you do. Um, but you probably don't want to talk about this that, that much. But I I think I I'd like to highlight this. But uh, if you look at the announcement, I said. Um, that you were running philosopher and people haven't gathered why yet, then they're not listening. <laughs> then I'm doing think, a bad job. <laughs> you, you think about you think about running right. a lot. I do. And you have a lot of thoughts and theories and philosophies on running that I really love to listen to. 
And but the other thing that I put on there was that you were a philanthropist, somebody who's generous to to the people, and uh, you're not you're you're generous in in multiple ways. But I I want to highlight some of those ways. An interesting one, and we can talk about this for a second, is art. Um, you are an artist. You have a you have a certain style, and on occasion. And even if people have seen the stage of set, I have a, I have a, a portrait of myself back Scott here. Ward original. Yes, that that Scott Ward uh, <laughs> made for me. Just um, talk to us about using art to encourage. I mean, so I appreciate that you enjoy your painting. So thank you for displaying it and um, and being gracious in the receipt of it. Uh, I think that. It takes vain people like you and I to really appreciate it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the hey. vanity of having of having your 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 face on a shirt or a painting of yourself. Um, if if I am a fan of yours, I'm, it, it's fan art, really. If you take a look at it, right? If you take a look at any uh, genre of television, movies, music, whatever. There's a lot of fan art. Mm-hmm. And so people that I am a fan of, I try and share my admiration and respect through that. It's something that I enjoy doing. It It's always a very nerve-wracking experience because not everybody is, you know, the style isn't for everybody or whatever. But the sentiment, I think, is the fact that um, I appreciate your role in my life, you know, whether it be at that time or, you know, for a period of time, whatever. I've done a number of them. I don't talk to everybody that I've painted a picture for, you mm-hmm. know, still. But um, it, it doesn't mean that those people weren't impactful yeah. to me or for me. And I want to, I again, celebrate them, yeah. you know, in a way unique to me. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And that was really touching to me that you you took time to do that. Thanks, man. Um, I know people th- walk through the door and think it's funny that there's a portrait of myself hanging through here. There's so let me. I'll just there's so our friends. I talked about them. Um, Chris and Karen. They've done some running with us. Um, I painted a portrait of Chris. I love Chris. He's a great guy. I mean, I wouldn't tell that to his face. I tell him he's a piece of shit or something. But you know, you know how that goes sometimes. Yeah. But um, anyway, I painted a portrait of of Chris. And uh, not a lot of people want to display a picture of themselves in the house for that same reason. Like, you come in and you're yeah. like... And so Karen had taken it to work and uh, put it over her desk. And some of her fellow employees were like, who's that? And she's like, it's my husband. Don't you have a portrait of your husband? <laughs> you know? That's funny. <laughs> so. That's funny. Yeah, and I don't mind displaying it, a picture of myself. Because like you said, I love myself. That's one thing we can appreciate about each right. other. Is we love ourselves. My wife, on a regular basis, has to call to me from the bedroom into the bathroom and say, "Hey, when you're done looking in the mirror, <laughs> let me know." <laughs> right. I, so, w- I wish Mike. I wish Cat thought I was as good looking as I think I am. You know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Now, um, a lot of Hampton Roads runners have singlets that really have been designed by you it's another way that you show support to to the runners or 
uh, not necessarily to just specific runners, but I think you've designed a few that, like I have a singlet that I'm proud to wear all the time. You you were wearing it yesterday, the running, etc., and direct perform, combined with direct performance. Those are two um, businesses that I believe in, that I trust, and I know a lot of people. I think a, a quite a bit of people have that, but that was one you designed. Um, so sometimes you use it to. Um, encourage a business or display a business name or and sometimes right. you encourage or use it to encourage a runner for some major endeavor that they're they're taking on um, t- talk about that a little uh, so Oweo Oweo yeah I love so, trying out words I don't know listen it might not be right it's a German <laughs> company so if, they, oh, if they're listening and they want to call in and let us know <laughs> that'd be great so um, so I, I looked I mean, listen, there's been customized Scott Ward stuff for a long time in my life mm-hmm. outside of just outside of just running. And so at some point, I looked at making custom singlets, right? The first one, of course, was had my, well, that's a lie. There were two Scott Ward Run Club singlets prior to, prior to the one with my face on it. Um, and when I found a way you, you know, I look up like custom stuff on the, on the internet, blah, blah, blah. When I found found a way you and I could see how like the crazy stuff that you could do, right? Like legitimately sublimated singlets, they felt great. Blah blah. A couple people, namely Susie Bosquet, has a problem that they don't have female racerbacks. But I'll, I'll talk to Germany about that, Susie, and see what they come back with. Um, but. Um, I thought it gave it gives you an opportunity to feel unique and to feel special, right? Whether it be because you've got a club singlet, you, you have to remember. I come at it from from a, a racing background, from a team background, from where people show up with all to have the same singlets, right? Before there was before there was a, a Scott Ward Run Club singlet when we ran the. Um, Oh, geez, not the Ward's Corner, the other one that Ann does. Hard Again. When we ran Hard Again, um, you know, you finish right outside running, etc. And I was, and I just put it out into the run community. Hey, if you got a run, etc. singlet, wear it, right? Because we're going to finish right there in front, of, in front of Mike's business, right? And how cool would that be as a shop owner to see hundreds, like your community, all repping you. So I think that it, it's a way to unify, to bring solidarity to, um, and it's something that makes it maybe unique. You know, if you're doing that special event, we've done a couple, I've done a couple of those for some people where, um, you know, yeah, I was, I was thankful that, that James wore it when he was in Berlin. That's a big day, you yeah. know, to, to wear a singlet, it, it, it's a big day, um, to, to do something like that. So, I enjoy it. I think that it's just again something to where you feel special, and on on this day you should feel special, right? This is where all the time and energy has gone in, so you can get up at the butt crack of dawn and drag your family out in the cold and dark, you yeah. know, <laughs> to yeah. celebrate you. It's another reason to celebrate you. Yeah, I think that's awesome. You uh, you've also put on a couple uh. A couple events for the community through um, Scott Ward Run Club. I remember um, one that we've highlighted on this 
podcast several times, several people have brought it up, um, is the Glory Over Pain run. Yeah. It was supposed to be six hours. Heat wave happened. Thankfully, Three it wasn't. Hours. There would have been like, I would have been famous for deaths. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk to us about, you know, challenges and uh, putting together challenges and events to kind of... Well, so races specifically, um, when you race as much as I do, it becomes expensive, right? Yeah. And so, quite honestly, we would we would run, the boys and I would run, you know, the founding members of Scott Ward Run Club, we would run, and I'd sit on the on the step with Steve Armitage in Ghent, and we would almost fantasize about free races. How could we do it? What could we do, right? And understanding that there's a whole uh, fat-ass community in, like, the ultra side. But again, I'm not an ultra runner, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that, yeah. you know? I'm, I'm not. I only know what I know. I'm, you know, and at this point, I'm in my lane. And, um, and so we would have conversations, and, and I had thought, you know, hey, this is something. This is something I can throw together, right? Like, let's, I got, I got bibs made. I made the finishers tokens um i got a a banner um and i put it out there and really i have to thank i don't think i've ever thanked him but aaron deborg um i really have to thank him because he because again i didn't know the ultra community i mean i knew jill right and i knew steve ran ultras and yeah and but i'm a road racer i really am and and so Aaron like sent this to this whole group of people that I'm like, who the hell are these people? All right, <laughs> like, and they started RSVP. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. And we did uh, Glory Over Pain shirt, and you know, all at all at no cost to the entrant because we did a, a donation for charity if you wanted to, um, but but because there's an opportunity since I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I don't have kids. I have a little bit of play money, right? I don't drink Starbucks, right? So, mm-hmm. so if you think about, if you think about like where does where does the the financial side come from? It comes from kind of that side, right? So I was like, hey, if I can, it's something I want to do. Why would I make you pay for something I want to do? That was my that's my mentality. And so we did it, and a bunch of great people came out, and it's really where I met Justin Hall, I think, uh, you know, maybe officially, uh, Jill had asked him to come out, he took some really cool pictures, Sham made a video that, that he put out, people really seemed to enjoy it, and it was something that that we just put on, that, like, it all it took is an idea. Yeah. Hey, can I do this? Let's try it. If it fails miserably, nobody's out anything. Yeah. You're not pissed because you pay me 150 bucks to put on this, you know, like six hour. You showed up on your day. You gave me time, and I appreciate it. And hopefully, I gave you a good experience in yeah. return. You That's know? really cool. Well, I just want to say it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, your generosity to the running community doesn't go unnoticed. Oh, thank you. And I know that I probably speak on behalf of many 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 people when i say thank you for everything that you've given to the running community in the the hampton roads area you're most certainly welcome it's been a it's been a pleasure doing it to be honest um we won't stop there you have had 
Um, one of the, one of the first things I saw on Instagram, and maybe it's how I discovered um, the Scott Ward Run Club, was the poker chips. Those were awesome. So we um, did the bingo before the poker chips. Oh, really? Did, yeah. So the bingo... Do you mind if I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, that's it's, perfect. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Run Club promotion. Or it's it's your promotion. show, so apologize for stepping on you. But um, So we did... The first thing we did, and um, Matt made me these really cool bottle openers out of railroad ties, right? For first, first second, and third, four, for the bingo. And bingo really was an exp- it was the, my first attempt to have people explore other run clubs, right? Some of the smaller run clubs, some of the people that didn't get the attention that the bigger run clubs had. Um, and I really wanted to expose these clubs for what they had to offer because the thing about the Hampton Roads area is if if you don't like one run club, something else has something to offer you. They're not all the same. That's why there's so many run clubs, right? Because they all offer something different. And as I had made my tour around and met the leaders and met the people and, and realized, you know, who their following was, um, I was trying to expose them to a broader audience, you know? Um, people didn't really go to Chesapeake to see greg and burp right the people in chesapeake went there but you weren't coming from norfolk or virginia beach right so it was but i was like yo here's the blackout you go here you do this this is what you get and if you you get it all you win a prize and um and we put prizes forward and it was just an opportunity for people to do that and and bingo was received bingo was received well it was a good jumping off a good starting point i should say and then and then the next one, I only did two. Bingo was the first, I think I only did two. The bingo was the first one, and then the other one was the poker chips. And um, and I thought, I thought to myself, you know, hey, how, again, you, you know, how can I encourage, how can I encourage this again? Because everybody went the one time, but then you fall back into your routine, right? Then you, you're not driving, you're not going to Murphy's to run with, with Drew Crew, um, or sorry, Brew Crew is what I called it, but you're not going the running etc. one or the Striders thing or whatever. You just are doing, you're in your lane all the time. And so we did, um, we did poker chips. And then when you would go and you would do it, you'd collect a poker chip and it was customized with that run groups thing. And you know, Danny, a lot of people had said, I won't say a lot of people, but, but people had said that well, I don't go to that run club because I heard they don't like this run club. Or I'm not doing that because these people are anti this. And I was like, I've, I've been there. I've never experienced it. My first question was, have you gone? Well, no. Well, okay, we'll go. And there are, there are a bunch of a-holes. You don't ever got to go again, you mm-hmm. know? Like, But then at least you have your experience versus word of mouth or maybe somebody being disgruntled. So... It really was an opportunity to take the environment on a tour of what these clubs had to offer. And um, and it kind of was fun, you know? I think to myself, like, I'm curious, you know, who who still has their, their poker set, you know, from, from Scott Ward. But, um, yeah, and then we gave, you know, if you collected all the poker chips, 
you, I think you gotta, I think Mike helped me with some sunglasses. So the two of, uh, Mike Robinson from Rain, etc. I think, I think he assisted and we combined in getting, like, if you finished it, you got a prize, right? Like, well, people are running anyway. We run races for stuff. Why not train for stuff sometimes too? And hopefully it was uh, an opportunity for people to, to experience something new and different. Like I know a lot of people that ran had never gone to November Project and then they went to November Project and I remember one gentleman said, this is great. Like I never knew this existed, right? Yeah. And that was the whole point really, yeah. to be honest. I feel like that, that's a good way to kind of build the running community and help people meet each other too. Yeah, for me it really was, like I said, when I started racing, I didn't feel, I don't want to say I didn't feel welcome, because I didn't feel unwelcome, right? But, but I didn't have any friends, right? I didn't have that commonality until I, until to your point, I put myself out there and yeah. tried to find it. Yeah. And so I wanted to give those people, people showed up um, who hadn't met each other, who now are going to run clubs on the same day, and they're like, Hey, what's your name? Danny. Cool. Hey, have, do you already have this chip? When are you going there? Right? Mm -hmm. And then they'd show up at these places talking to people that they had never talked before. And I was like, if I can just make a couple of those connections, that's really what I was looking for. Yeah. So, um, we're going to move in kind of a di different direction. Let's talk about your love of running, etc. Seems like you, that place has a special place in your heart, man. I do. So I think I've asked you before, it's a question that I ask people is, you know, do you remember the first time you went to running, etc.? And for me, I do. I remember specifically. I remember the conversation that I had. I remember how, how I felt when I walked in. I was intimidated. Danny, I just started running again. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I didn't even know what I was looking for to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, I had bought shoes previously from outlet malls or you know, online or whatever, right? Chasing the best price, whatever it may be. And I walked into Rain, etc. and Mark Manny was, you know, the ginger at the door and, and he asked me what I was looking for and we had a conversation. I was looking for uh, shorts or something like that, right? And he spent, he answered a bunch of questions and, and I was just like, I don't, this is so different than when I stopped running in 1993, right? Like, I don't know. And he's like, it's not that much different, right? <laughs> like, things look different. And so he made me feel really comfortable so that I came back. And as I came back, I got to know more people and I realized that it really was a family, right? Like, not only did they kind of interact as a family, you were a family when you came in, you know? Now to this day, you know, they all know um, I'm a big Nike guy, right? And Mike, when the new shoes came out, he's like, you gotta try them here, you know, he knows my size. And I feel like when you go to those places um, and you build those relationships, and Mike's so integral in the racing community, like, he's a longtime Striders guy. He built some of the Striders races back in the day. He used to be a very competitive runner, you know, for the overall. He's still a great runner. The people that go there all, like, and it, it, was, it was interesting because I could, 
I could pick Shannon or Mark's brain on ultra stuff because I don't know anything about it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what do you do? Or how do you do this? Or how do you know? Like, when do you eat? And it gave me different perspectives. You have people like, you know, John LaMagda or Drew Midland that are very fast runners. And you're asking them what they're doing in order to make those very small changes to improve. Um, and you just have a wealth of knowledge of people that that can do so much, you know, in between all the, I mean, I, I could name, I could name drop the, all, the whole staff, you know, I think that when you were doing something, you did a giveaway and, and you were like, you know, yes. name, name the staff. And I was like, bah, 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 right. Yeah. Yep. I remember um, that one. And so it was just like, it really felt like home. Um, I went to, uh, another shop in the area, not point two, And I didn't feel that point two is just a little too far out of my out of my home stretch and I think I shared with you recently like that new location in um, in Chesapeake is you know is really good for that area and yeah. and point two and rain etc really get along well which is nice because I think they both support the community very well but you know running etc like Danny I still I buy my shoes from rain etc in Utah yeah like I call up I ask for the size they ship them out. Uh, you know, I've got the new beanie. I get the new singlet, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my car just now has on the back, you say, you know, have a big picture of myself and say run club on it. And now it says, you know, running, etc. Norfolk, Virginia Beach. It really just is something that I, I love and feel strongly about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. These running stores around here, they're special. They really are. It's, I, I it's think really... I think we're blessed that way. I I don't I don't know that we're necessarily unique because I don't have the experience to to say that, but I have been in other stores where you don't feel welcome. Yeah, they just all these running their empl the employees, the people that help you, they're runners, and they uh, they all know what you're going through and they all care about your journey and i think that's awesome the thing i think that impressed me a lot about running etc is they'll spend as much time with you as you want to spend yeah i went in there i had a problem with a pair of shoes and we literally i literally tried on 15 pairs of shoes and they were just they will do that and you know be patient as can be yeah what do you like about and they listen to you what do you like about that and they're experts. Yeah. Okay, this and that, whatever. So, you know, that piece to me, um, I have no problem supporting them even, you know, thousands of miles away. Well, we're about to round this episode out. Um, I do have a few more questions. Though. Okay. What are your current goals? Running goals. <laughs> so, uh, I've got two goals for this year. Um and they don't seem like they go together. So, um, my first goal is to run a fast 5K. So I really feel like I feel really feel like 5Ks have gotten lost. There's such a drive for people to want to go bigger, right? Which I'll get to in my second goal, but. But there really is a drive to go bigger. Like a 5K is almost like, huh, oh, that's cute. And and I read a story about 
a gentleman that was coming back from the New York City Marathon. He was on a plane. He was sitting next to a runner, a world-class runner. He had asked her if, if she had been racing, and she had said no, but she was preparing for this race that was coming up, and he had said to her, um, wow, what's the race? And she said, oh, it's a 5K. And he said, don't worry, one day you'll be able to run a marathon. Not knowing that this is a world-class 5K athlete. And so I think sometimes we just skip that 5K. And I've had some really good gains this year. Uh, I feel like my fitness is, is on point. Um, I'm excited about where the year will take me but my goal is to run sub 17, a sub 17 5K. Now, I'm gonna need races to show up because it doesn't yeah. matter, virtual doesn't count. I don't count any of my fast times on my, on my treadmill for, for real life stuff, um, but you know, that's, that's what I'd like to do. And my second goal, it's totally opposite of that, um, I put it on the calendar to run a hundred mile race and um, I don't know that I will ever embrace the ultra lifestyle mm -hmm. because at heart I'm a road runner. Yeah. I can't get away from it. But watching Jill's, being part of Jill's journey um, at Rim to River was inspiring and it really made me think uh, do i have the mental strength because for me one of my biggest weaknesses is is the mental side something that i, I struggle with and i work hard on and I, so you know in jill's in jill's race things didn't go according to plan but she was going to get to the finish line even though it was freezing temperatures in the dark whatever and and while while Jill and I were were trudging our way to the finish line I made a decision that I wanted to test myself to see if I had the mental strength to complete not just complete but to compete at that distance yeah yeah it's a big goal it's a big goal both of those are big goals I think yeah you know they're opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. and I realize like how that they may, they may, may be conflicting, but those are the those are the things I want to accomplish. Before I move on to our our next question, based on that that answer, what's your favorite distance to run to race at? Half marathon is by far my favorite race. I feel like it's um, just long enough to level the playing field from the speedsters. As I get older, um, I mean, I told you, Steve Spears is. You know, one, somebody that I, I truly idolize. And at 54, I hope that I can be half of the man that he is today. But as I get older, um, it's harder to compete with these young guys. I mean, when you've got Mike Cap, who's, I don't know, 15 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those guys, those guys have a little bit of an advantage just based off of youth, right? Yeah. And so um, I feel like at the half marathon distance, it's far enough that it levels that playing field but it's not it's not 
it's not too far of a distance, right? I don't, I don't have love for the marathon. I don't know that I'll ever run another marathon, to be honest with you. Um, well, I'll... if you run a hundred mile race, <laughs> right? I will run, I will run the twenty six, <laughs> I will run the twenty six point two miles. Yeah. Um, but no, I know what you're. But saying. I don't know that you know. Similar to yourself, right? Like you've experienced it. There's, there's. It's just a, it's a, you know, I don't. There are people that love it. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I, it's hard to find joy yeah. at that distance for for me and probably a lot of people. Yeah. Um, do you have a big, big bucket list goal? I mean, that sounds like a bucket list goal, 100 miles, but. Um, so I would say, um, I mean, I'm, I, I won't ever be like qualifying for the Olympics or anything like that. Um, I, I, there's nothing out there that. There's nothing out there that's like uh, driving me. You know, I would love to love. I would love to run London Marathon because my family's in in um, Europe, and so that holds a place for me. But I don't know that we're ever gonna one. However many people applied for it, two, COVID, right? Like all those things. I don't know that we'll get there. One of the things. One of the, so okay. One of the things that intrigues me, this, see, I sound like an idiot. One of the things that intrigues me is JP did the seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him a lot about that. It's really interesting, but I don't know that I would, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it intrigues me, but I don't know that I would, I'm not going to say that's. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's. Everything about that, racing in Antarctica, like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. I don't even understand how it happens. Yeah. So now you are in Utah. Yes. And there's a great chance that you may never relocate back to this area. Um, update us on Scott Ward Run Club. So... Um, I've been thinking a lot about it and I feel like we're going to close the chapter on the Scott Ward Run Club. Uh, I've given everything I have to give and I feel like it's time to pass the torch to somebody who's here that can continue in the spirit in their spirit, not in my spirit, not in not in the spirit of my vision, but to hopefully, hopefully there's somebody that I've touched that feels empowered to do things, to put on events that at no cost, and to unify um, the community. And so, I'm gonna close the chapter on Scott Ward Run Club. Um, I'm gonna focus on really where my training goals are. Be invested still in a number of people that are, you know, that I'm close with. But overall, um, no more Strava Group. No more Instagram. We're going to retire Scott Ward Run Club. Well, it's had impact. So you can be proud of that, I think. I think you could really be proud of Scott Ward Run Club. I appreciate that. So, and everything you've done here, I, uh, 
I think they're figuring out some event stuff. I've, I've seen like a championship belt. It reminds me of professional wrestling. It has, <laughs> it has a couple familiar emblems on it. It has. It does. So let me let me drop a little hint on that because because I feel like Stephen McKenzie's doing some good stuff, and I know he's a past host, and I know that your listeners participate in his um, duathlon series. Some of them do, and those that don't get called out by Stephen. You know, is is coming out. I told him they'll buy a big wheel and and come out and do it one one of these times. Um, but so so people like Stephen have the desire. I think that you see other guests like um, the Backsweat Boys throwing down different types of challenges. Um, and and so in conversations with these people, uh, we we wanted to revisit the history of the Tidewater area. And to go back to my friend, Mike Robbins from um, from Running Etc. You know, Mike, I spent a lot of time talking to Mike. And, and he would tell me, you know, cause listen, there didn't used to be a race every weekend, Danny. There didn't. You maybe have one a month. You know, or once every six weeks. So it was like COVID-19 times. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Listen, some of those old timers are like, what are you guys complaining about, right? Um, and so when I talked to Mike, Mike would tell me, hey, you know what? We used to just show up on Saturday at Mount Trashmore and throw down. I would just, it'd be... It'd be me against you, mano a mano, their little, their run group, the guys that would train together. But on Saturdays, they'd mark out a course, hit their stopwatch, and go. And so we had some conversations, and and um, I think Steven's pretty close to announcing that there might be a, an event similar to that where you show up and maybe you don't necessarily know the distance you're going to run that day. Might be short, might be a little bit longer. Nothing too crazy, right? Cause, and, and you're just gonna race. And that's what it's gonna be. Cause there's no reason why we can't just go out and, and, and try and beat the guy next to you, you know? So I'd stay tuned. It's probably coming soon. Yeah. Um, hey, by the time this airs three weeks from now, <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> who knows what the future holds? Yeah. Speaking of the future, to end this episode, we're going back to the future. Back to the future. And we're taking it back to the way we used to end the episode. way back. In season one with some this or that. You, okay. You actually, there's a couple this or that questions that you directly gave me. I'll, I'll bring those up when we get to them. Well, okay. listen, you know I am not ever scared to share my opinion with you, so... <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. Cold or hot? Running. Cold. All right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a good hot runner. Anytime that I've had a race that didn't go as planned, dew point got too high, temperature got too high, Brett Riley, would, will, Brett Riley and I race a lot together and run a lot together, and, and Brett's 100% hot runner, and I'm 100% a cold runner. Yeah. Group run or solo run? Um, it's been tough. That's a tough, you know, that's a tough. I don't think that I have the love for the group that some of your other guests have had. Yeah. 
Um, in this last year, I ran all of my miles by myself. Yeah. And I have, you know, if you would have asked me that before then, I probably would have said group. But I will tell you, I have found the love of running by myself. Yeah. Yeah, I really have. Of of being out there, um, I've really found the love of just... I mean, I had a couple of great runs yesterday. Yeah. I had a good run this morning. Uh, I enjoy running with my people. But hey, it's my training plan. It's the, you know, I think I asked you this before, so I'll, I'll, I'll tangent, but you know, if I run with you all the time, whose goal are we working on? Yours or mine? Mm -hmm. And unless we got the same goal and we're the same pace and we look right. So, so it gives me the opportunity really to focus on myself. Yep. Music or silence? This one also changed. So credit to Jill Brightweiser. I was really struggling to find motivation. I really was. Um, I was depressed. And Jill said, Jill actually gives, gave me a playlist that I listen to quite often. And she said, bro, just put on your headphones, play the music, and put one step in front of the other. Then I, I've never in my life ran with music until this last year. So, music. That's crazy. I think we all know this one. Trailer road. Road. Yeah. <laughs> Uphill or downhill? Uphill. So, uh. yeah. I, I have the love for the uphill. Um, when I was a cross-country runner in high school, our home course, the first mile was flat. The second mile was uphill. The third mile was downhill. And I... I could come through the first two miles amazing. I just, I can't run downhill. I don't like it. I like putting my head down and going to work, and you can do that on a hill. Um, and I feel like a hill is a is a difference, difference maker. Yeah. So I like going up. I think maybe I have too few options on here based on one of the companies you represent. Gel or chew? I'm a chew guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like chews. So, um, gels, I, I, I'm, I'm a Honey Stinger fan. I'm fortunate enough to represent them in my professional life. Um, they're, I really like their chews. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I really have a, a, a problem swallowing while exerting effort. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes gels make me gag and choose I feel like I can work on a little bit longer gotcha. and so it's it's what works best for me morning or night running <laughs> people that know me know I don't like getting up to run yeah um so I'm I'm a night runner I did that Strava like uh, a year in review and it said that my sweet spot is between 5 and 6 p.m. gotcha long run to short runs I like medium distance runs. All right. I like medium distance runs. I feel like, you know, I tell people all the time, three miles isn't even worth putting your shoes on for, right? In my opinion, um, that's just me. If you run three miles, you know, no, no offense. Um, and I'm, but I'm not a fan of like the twenty plus, yeah. right? Like if you get me a good fourteen, 
That's where you like it, huh? Yeah. Garmin or Apple? I'm a Garmin guy. Yeah. Nobody has picked Apple. No, I think Apple. So I used to be a Fitbit guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, because again, getting in, not necessarily a lot of people. I think that um, uh, one of my friends, John, was an Apple guy, and I upgraded my Garmin and I sent it to him, and he saw a big difference in like how it tracked. I think that if you don't necessarily know going in, you're going to use whatever you have, right? Yeah. Whether that's an Apple, and then at some point in your story, you determine, and this is what happened with John. John was running really casually once or twice a week, and then he started running a lot more. And I said, you're running too much to be running with an Apple. It worked well for you when you're running once or twice a week, but you're running five or six days a week now, right? And you're running longer distances. Have a big boy watch. <laughs> this is one that you gave me on an Instagram story. Oh, jeez. Cake or pie? Ooh, I'm a cake fan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love cake. I love, uh, I love carrot cake, German chocolate cake, coconut cake. I'm Those cake. are all cakes that I don't like. Really? Yeah. Every cake you listed is a cake that I won't eat. Because you don't like coconut? Because there are coconuts in everyone. I like one. coconut. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't like the way, I don't, I think carrot cake is, I've got friends who like carrot cake, but mm. I'm going to share my opinion on it. Yeah. I don't think a vegetable should It'd be, be in a cake. cake. And then secondly, the German chocolate cake, I don't like the way the glazed stuff looks. And then maybe I would like a coconut cake. I like coconut. So yeah. I, I might like a coconut cake. The first two are definitely cakes that I no. would eat. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fun fatty guy. There you go. <laughs> so all right. Uh Star Trek or Star Wars? So I am a Star Wars guy. But I really appreciate the reset on Star Trek. Yeah. I really do. I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm not a Star Wars apologist like my wife who will watch all the, like, the new Star Wars movies and then tell me that they're good even though they're not necessarily good. Um, but I do appreciate the Star Trek reboot. But Star Wars. Gotcha. Seinfeld or Friends? <sighs> so Kat is a Friends person. Um... I never really watched Seinfeld. I would say, I would say Seinfeld. I watched more Seinfeld over than yeah. Friends. Yeah. Action or comedy? I like action. I'm an action guy. All right. This is going to be interesting for a vegetarian to answer. Fruits or veggies? <laughs> um, I like fruits better. East coast or west coast? West coast is the best coast. And we haven't heard this question in a long time, but people really enjoyed this this question in season one. What's your Harry Potter house? I am Gryffindor! Makes sense. I can see that. Well, you know, I don't know the words to say to thank you for <laughs> flying out from Utah to sit at this desk with me, man. Nobody will ever make that great of sacrifice again. I never say never say never. <laughs> I I appreciate I felt like quite honestly, I appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk with you. So thank you very much for giving me uh, a voice, uh you know, one final voice in the community. Um I feel like the seven five seven has given me so much. I've tried to give back as well. Uh so I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk. Um, and share my thoughts. Hopefully some of them are good. 
Um, hopefully people appreciate the episodes and you know I think you're doing a great job Um, I really do I think that I think that you bring a really fresh perspective to this running community and we appreciate that well I appreciate it man I'll talk to you soon all right brother (laughs) somehow some way I know Scott is listening to this. So I just want to leave this message here for you, Scott. Thank you so much for flying all the way back to Hampton Roads from Utah to give us a glimpse into who you are as a runner and a person. You have given many, many gifts to the people in our area. Um, But your greatest gift is just being who you are and uh, being a good friend to the people around you. So thank you so much. I'm probably speaking for many, many people. And to our listeners, you guys have a great few months. We'll try to plan something awesome for season three and be back to share more running stories with you guys. But... Until then, this is Danny signing off. Godspeed.